Hey everyone, this is Tom Salemi. Thanks for joining us. This is the MedTech Talk podcast. This week's bit of MedTech Talk uh, certainly surrounds NEA. The firm announced closing of its most recent fund, closing it at $3.3 billion. And uh, it's going to go into many different sectors. But MedTech continues to be one of them. Uh, 10% or so should go into MedTech companies. So you do the math. It makes NEA one of the, the, the it, probably the largest investor in MedTech. And uh, they continue to look at all stages. And they continue to uh, act judiciously with their, with their capital. So it's a great firm. And uh, we're very fortunate to have Justin Klein, partner at NEA, and a principal of their MedTech team, at our uh, MedTech conference on June 1st in Minneapolis. Justin, of course, is a, he's a good friend and uh, past co-chair of the MedTech conference and still uh, a great member of our advisory board. And he actually served on a, uh, appeared on a venture panel at the conference. But Justin and I sat down a few minutes after his panel to talk about NEA, what it does with this amount of capital, where it might invest more of it going forward, and how it, uh, how it really uses this um, amount of capital as a, uh, as a plus for, uh, for companies, not only to provide them capital, but to really allow them to think about how they're going to do business. So Justin's a great guy. I enjoy talking with him. I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing from him. So let's get into this conversation with Justin Klein, partner at NEA. All right, Justin, thank you for joining us. You've got uh, a $3.3 billion fund, a portion of which, what, 10% or so is going to go to MedTech. So I think you're ballparking $250 million to $300 million in MedTech. So I think you've gone beyond the 800-pound gorilla stage. <laughs> I don't know if it's 1,000, I don't know if it's 1,200, but you're a pretty big gorilla. How does having that capital change, or does it change, how you invest in MedTech? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a good question, Tom. And, and again, thanks for having me here. I think um, you know, we try to play a leadership role in the sector and to be a strong financial partner at each of our companies. Um, I think that we've been one of the most active early stage investors in the medical technology space for a long time. And we've been in increasing our activity in a new category that we call consumer health technology. Mm -hmm. So we're really broadening our efforts. Um, there's actually a third category where we're expanding, and that is technology-enabled diagnostics and life sciences tools. So we've made a couple of investments in our prior fund. We expect we'll continue to explore that thesis. I think one of the things that we try – most as one of the bigger investors in the space is to be a really value-added investor when companies need capital at scale. So if we were to invest $250 million in medical devices in this new fund, I couldn't tell you. We, we may do four investments. We could do 10. But we try to titrate our commitments to companies where we can really make a difference in their financing plans and hopefully drive them to some value creation opportunity that's bigger mm -hmm. than they might otherwise. Sometimes we think of ourselves as playing a role of two syndicate members effectively mm -hmm. on somebody's cap table. But ideally, you know, if we have the capacity to invest, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 million dollars into a company, we want to be positioned to do that and to support them through the full life cycle of the company. Does having that much 
influence capital wise? Uh, does it uh, obviously people enjoy having the capital, but do you have to walk around tenderly so you're not so you're respectful of other people at the table, or do you assert the fact that you've invested more capital and? You know, we we um we really try to be a good partner to everybody around the table. Yeah. And so we think a lot about the syndication process and alignment of incentives, not only with the management team, the company, but the other investors. Um, we, we do believe that building a company is a long-term process. And so we expect that over time we will scale our capital commitment in. Um, you know, in general, we believe that companies – do well when they have good governance and other things that relate to ownership positions and board representation and things like that. But we try not to be heavy handed at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, frankly, we want to lay out a financing plan that keeps everyone in the syndicate aligned from the outset of our involvement in the company all the way through to a great exit for everyone. And so hopefully, you know, when we're participating in each subsequent round, doing our pro rata, sometimes more, sometimes leading subsequent rounds, you know, we're doing so in a way that actually relieves some of the pressure from the team and the rest of the syndicate and, again, keeps everybody on track to win together. Does having this much capital to invest, does it make you more approachable by companies, for companies, <clears throat> less approachable because you've got to put so much work, money to work that maybe they're intimidated? And, and within that answer, how do, how do you find out about deals? The last few deals you've done, have they been phone calls, connections at conferences? How, how do people come, people come to you? Well, we, we, we try to be very approachable by companies at all stages. Um, in some ways, you know, we, we have this terrific uh, advantage or opportunity in the market because of our capital base, and we try to make sure that that confers benefit to the companies as much as ourselves. There can be some constraints. There are certain types of investments where we just couldn't justify a, a partner's time, you know, the, an allocation of a smaller amount of money for what could still be an excellent venture return and a winning outcome for the management team. So we do think about opportunities where scale matters. Um, Those are generally the best fit for us. Now, one thing we really like to encourage is entrepreneurs engaging with us early in the process of shaping their company because we might see an opportunity where our capital base can transform their business plan or add a new dimension to it or take it another step further in a way that adds disproportionate value to what they otherwise might think of. Mm -hmm in an environment where there are more capital constraints and, and we weren't a part of the deal. How deliberate are you in the time you take to, to consider an investment or before investing? You mentioned casually that you've had some deals that you've followed for a few years before making an investment. We're very deliberate. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a big commitment for us to get involved with the company. Um, you know, we take our involvement on a, on a board very seriously. So, you know, participation in those meetings and playing a leadership role and supporting the companies is really important. It's a big time commitment. And so we want to make sure that we're going to get involved in situations where we can add value. And, you know, we expect that over time there are going to be a series of ways in which we can, again, expand the opportunity set for that company. So we try to spend as much time as we can at the outset in thinking through all the ways in which a particular company or a market opportunity or a technology can be expanded into something bigger over the long term. Um, and so, you know, for that reason, we typically will get to know companies over an extended period of time. We may initiate a relationship with a CEO or some founders, you know, at the Series A where we're getting to know their goals and then we'll follow their progress. And there may be something we're waiting to see in the market 
or a way in which their technology or clinical data evolves. But ideally, you know, we come in at a time where we can write a meaningful check to fund the next leg of real value creation for their company and then be along the ride with them, you know, for the rest of the way. And for the handful of deals that you mentioned that you had followed for three years, I'm curious, were those the only, I think you said five deals that you were following for that length of time, or are you actually following 10 or 15 companies with similar at similar levels, and you only chose to invest in, in a few of those. If someone is being followed by you, should they take it like, oh, it's only a matter of time before Justin cuts us a check, or should they know they're part of a potential p- portfolio? Well, I think, I think you know, we, it's not like we have a fleet of drones out <laughs> just tracking entrepreneurs in and out of your yes. meeting, but uh, it's a thought. Uh, no, I mean, I, when we're engaging with somebody, you know, they're, they're aware that we're interested in the space. We've either made investments there in the past, or we, we will talk about our interest in a given area or a thesis we have. Um, and it just may not be the right time in their company's history or financing path for us to get involved. But, you know, we try to be encouraging with, you know, resources, introductions, whatever we can along the way, just to support the ecosystem mm-hmm. broadly. Um, and so I wouldn't say we're doing that in, you know, 20 companies in any given time. But hopefully, you know, we find those right opportunities where, you know, the paths do intersect at some point down the road, and there's a great partnership that can come. Great. And final question. NEA invests broadly across many industries beyond biotech and IT. What is it about medtech that keeps you in medtech? What What are the hopeful signs that you see? You've had some great success investing, so there are returns to point to. But more broadly about the sector, when you're talking to partners, do you say, well, look at this and look at that. This is why this is still a sector that we need to commit capital to. Yeah. Well, look, it's a great question, and and there have been challenges over the last ten years. We've faced a lot of headwinds in the sort of venture segment for medtech. I think we've done a good job navigating those over time and refining our investment strategies. But over the long term, I think our excitement about this opportunity starts at the top. I mean, I, I think the medical device industry is one of the crown jewels of the American economy. When you think about global competitiveness, there are few industries that are as distinguished as what our American medical device companies are doing mm-hmm. globally. Um, I also believe those companies continue to need innovation to drive their revenue growth and market expansion and ability to sort of impact our healthcare system. And in our ecosystem, venture-backed companies and our entrepreneurs are the ones that are really creating those innovations and executing on Plans that have tight timelines and deliver, I think, meaningful value to the system. Um, so, you know, we believe in that ecosystem. There's a great role for our entrepreneurs, NEA, to fund those innovations and partner with the companies that have really established themselves as the commercial leaders in the world. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining you and share, joining us and sharing your thoughts. Thanks, Tom. My pleasure. And that is a wrap. Justin Klein, thank you for joining us at the MedTech Conference and for all the help you've given us with the event. And uh, best of luck with, with the new fund. I look forward to uh, to hearing more about your uh, intriguing strategy and to, uh, to uh, I'm sure, reporting on some terrific returns going forward. Thank you, MedTech Talk listeners, for joining us. If you could help us out by giving us a ranking on iTunes, it helps people find the podcast. Also, uh, tell your friends directly about the podcast. The more ears we have listening, the better. Actually, uh, having more ears of lately, uh, the numbers seem to keep going up, up, up and up. So, very grateful for that. So, thank you to everyone who has listened and who is listening and who will listen. And finally, if you have a thought 
uh, a guest to suggest or, or a topic I should cover or just want to say hello, please email me at tom at healthogy.com. It's tom at healthogy. That's the word health. Followed by the letters egy.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at medtechtom on Twitter. And that's a wrap. Once again, thanks for joining us. Justin, thanks for uh, sitting down and talking about NEA and uh, MedTech Talk podcast listeners. Tune in next week for another tale of innovation.